0: June 17, 2006 It's the Watt from Pedro Show
1: jimmy and the rhythm takes remember the band here song called Tom jimmy it was written about my fucking band it's me and Tom jimmy the great singer for the first couple of years it was the three guys from x who were great musicians besides being most critically acclaimed music in america the and jimmy the singer the three guys from x Ray, from the doors jeep the Thunderbirds, steve the logos all the blasters they were in our band it was a good band shut that one shut that Shut up and play. Here's a song I wrote for Jimmy, because he used to drink too much. So I take, I take, a, I take a, a pint, I take a, a half gallon or something out of his pocket or and drink it, cause so he would drink it. Of whiskey. It's called I've Been Drinking Again. Another true story in my miserable thoughts of life. Don't laugh, it's not funny. That's supposed to be a joke. Thank mm-hmm. you.
0: Special studio guest, Mr. Carlos Guitarlos.
2: Yeah, I was I was on the pest list and I came right up.
0: <laughs> welcome, yeah, welcome, boy. behind the
2: velvet rope.
0: And that was you on your birthday five years ago, San Francisco, right? And I
2: was so loaded, I don't even remember any of it. <laughs>
0: well, the song was called
2: <laughs> "I've Been uh, drinking, drinking Again," and, and I was.
0: And uh, we started off with John Coltrane, "The Last Blues," but that wasn't your last blues. You got many, many blues.
2: Uh, bros, uh, American bros, like, what was
0: Uh, bros. What's, what's the, the tester one? I like garlic. I really like garlic. Yeah, that's the one. Say that.
2: Garlic. I really like garlic.
0: No, but with that, uh. Garlic.
2: I, I like garlic.
0: <laughs> no, but they transpose the R's and the L's.
2: So. Oh, do they? Okay. Well, I don't have a transposer with me. <laughs> I, I left it on the Enterprise when I used to get high. <laughs>
0: I Lurie, Reich, Gowrich. <laughs> all right.
2: I like, to, I like the Lojongle stu- <laughs> <the> Doyers. The <laughs> Doyers. Oh, speaking of Dodger games, don't ever go to a game with, with Brother Matt. Why
0: is that?
2: <laughs> well, for one, he doesn't need anybody. He's big enough to fill up all three seats now. But uh, we went to a game. We got there at 7 o'clock, 7.15. Game starts at 7.40. By 11 o'clock, we were soaking wet. The game rain hadn't out. started yet. Rain out. It was a rain out. It was a pain out. But? It was rainy, rainy. And then I get home, and by 11.30, I'm home, turn on the TV, and the game they starts. started playing right when we At 11.30, oh, they started was a playing. Holdout. <laughs> oh, it Oh. Uh, ah, so. And then the last time he invited me to a game, somebody else invited me to a game the same, the same night, I couldn't go
0: You are playing a gig or something? You're
3: in demand.
2: I was playing a gig, yeah. You're
0: in demand.
2: Hey, this is a nice guitar, Boom.
0: Yeah, it's happening. He did all the solos for Double Nickels on the dime with that guitar. Oh, yeah? Through one of those little green things, what do they call it? Tube Screamer.
2: You guys had enough songs on that record to get some change back. (laughs) So, uh... You're
0: in Pedro. Is this your first time? No. No, 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 I've... We Jammy Connell used that one. That's right, at the... Premier. No,
2: back in 1945, I came here with a bunch of cholos and we kicked a bunch of sailors' asses.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know that. But today you're here because you're on the way to Long Beach.
2: That's right. We're going to Long Beach. I'm going to play at the, uh, tonight at the, uh, what's it called? Y Agua Gallery. The Wind and the Water. <laughs> the Viento de Agua. At 4th and... Fourth and Terminal in Long Beach, yeah. right down the street from the Pike, where I'll be playing later at about 9.30.
0: Do you remember the Pike when it had the wooden roller coaster?
2: No, no, yeah, no, Yeah, I no. did.
0: When I, I came to Pedro came down? in 68.
2: What?
3: You never came down for that action,
2: huh? My dad was always at the racetrack.
0: <laughs> you never made it down to Long
3: Beach. Now, a
2: couple times we were supposed to be at the trains at Griffith Park, but we were at the Olympic, and my dad knew everybody. The <laughs> boxers, the promoters, the, the underworld guys, everybody. Everybody. Well,
0: let's start from the beginning. So were you born in L.A.? Well, if you we start at the beginning, my first yeah. words were, I'm going to nipple.
2: <laughs> and then after that...
0: Was it in L.A., though?
2: Yes, I was born and raised in... Born and raised in born and in, born and in L.A. I was born on the ninth floor at General Hospital at 421 a.m. It was a Tuesday in 1950. All right. Back before time started. And
0: what part did you grow up in? You know we're spread well, out. Well, we grew
2: up, I was, first I was in Bass Long Homes, which is right where Handsome Dam is. Uh-huh. There were a bunch of Navy uh, Kwanzaa huts there. Kwanzaa holiday huts.
0: Yeah, they're half cans.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, then we moved to uh, Mateo Street down, and Mateo and 11th, down near the Swiss armor factory. Yeah. And we moved out of there when my niece and my younger brother we. We were in the backyard. We ran to the front and we just in time to see my niece get slammed by a car because her and my brother were putting pennies on the tracks. And so, um, and then we moved to um, Cypress Park. Yeah. Uh, Two places in Cypress Park. And I stayed there until we moved over to right off Alvarado and Glendale near Sunset, near near the Burrito King. I was at Burrito King opening day. They had tostadas <laughs> as big as Matt's forehead, which is large. <laughs> if you count his jowls, that's, that's like three. They were huge for 75 cents. Wow. They were delicious. Yeah. Do you, I'm
0: sorry, brother. Matt. 68,
2: 69.
0: Okay. Do you and, remember then, and then your
2: after first, that, I just took off. Do you took remember my your first on. music,
0: though? Were what? You, in those early days, were you hearing music?
2: Well, my older brother started playing when he was 10 and I was 8. Okay. So by the time I was 10, I got my first guitar. I came home and, and my mother had it there waiting for me. We, we got it from uh, Mr. Acosta, who had just died. We started paying for it like a dollar at a time. I didn't know this until later. And then and about a week after I got it, my uh, younger brother saw Mr. Acosta on the steps across the street. But he was but he was Ted, so that was cool. Oh, Where the hell's my guitar? <laughs> <laughs> to that thing.
0: So you started playing before you took off?
2: Yeah, I started playing when I was ten. Yeah. You remember first song the first I learned, song you learned. My my older brother showed me this, and then this. About a month later, I got this, and my uncle showed me this. And from there, I just played by myself.
0: You play by yourself. Do you yeah. remember your... Well, what about your first band?
2: First first band? It was in 65. I was 15. Um, let's see. I had been kicked out of uh, Lincoln for breaking a guy's job with a rifle butt during ROTC. <laughs> and then I got kicked out of Franklin for throwing a guy through the window because his girlfriend liked me and he was the pullback on the seniors. And then I went to Marshall... And the first or second day, I snuck in a small eighteen twenty-inch guitar, snuck it in, in a, in a duffel bag, put it in my locker. Went upstairs during the lunch break to smoke some pot and play. And there were two teachers up there jamming and smoking. So I thought I'm I'm in the right school. And All Lance pot. Ito used to smoke pot there. Oh wow! That's right, Lance the judge. Ito the 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 uh, uh, the judge. judge in the Butcher's Trial. So. Oh, did I say judge out out loud? Can I say that on the air?
0: It's <laughs> cool. So, uh, before you had a band, did you write a song when you were playing by yourself?
2: No, I didn't start writing until 67. And the first band I was in was with Donatus Blazevich, or Danny Blazes, and Vita Sakalovskis, or Vito or Vic. He was a drummer. Danny was a guitar player, bass player, songwriter. I was a bass player, guitar player, singer. And um, Danny had some crazy songs like... Uh, Hospital, hospital, I like it, I like it. And, uh, and then... Everybody's here because they like football, football. Everybody here is having a ball, ball. And uh, we had to do a song. And then this one... song about a sheep that was uh, that, that couldn't find any clothes uh, oh. out in the jungle. Where do you live? Ongawa. Ongawa?
0: You didn't say bass
2: before. <laughs> when did you first play bass? Oh, bass in 1960 when I was 10.
0: So the year after guitar, you play bass.
2: I, I started playing guitar and bass in 1960 within a month of each other and the harmonica. I had a bag of 20 or 30 harps I carried around for 15 years. I used to be able to play, take any harp, play in any other key, bend the notes, anything. The same way that um, that like Norton Buffalo does. Oh yeah. I was really good at it. And saxophone, Barry, and tenor and upright bass.
0: That's after?
2: Yeah, and the and the and when I'd go home with that bass, they wouldn't let me take it on the bus, so I'd carry it all the way home playing it. I would I would hook the <laughs> I, would, I would hook the bass in in into my jeans and play it all the way home. Wow. Did you play stand up before you played a bass guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any money.
0: Well, where'd you find a uh, stand-up bass? Oh, it was the schools. Yeah. yeah. Is that your
2: phone ringing, Matt? Yeah. Is that, was that one of your phony friends?
0: So <laughs> is, it, is that how you uh, got into music then, through the school?
2: No, through... My older brother had a your band. Brother. And they, they used to do, like, a... Mm-hmm. Bo Diddley. Yeah. I'm sorry.
4: Oh, yes, I'm sorry, baby.
2: Mmm, I'm sorry Now For the things I've said to you And then years later, I saw the Lobos playing that in uh, 1980. But but my, my little brother had a band called the Relations. Now that was when... There'd be like ten, ten bands at the at the Lincoln High School auditorium, at the Lincoln Park Auditorium. Yeah. Which they have two of the new ones now, and there'd be like a on, like Canterbury the Headhunters or uh, Ronnie and the Pomona Casuals, or the Standells under a different name, or Frank Zappa under a different name. Uh, remember that song "Memories of El Monte"? That that was that was Frank Zappa.
0: Wow. In
2: his, in his old band, so. Um, my older brother's band would be like Somewhere in the middle Because they, you know, they, they, they were a good band But every band would do the same set Because <laughs> that's all they knew you know? right. But my older brother's band They kind of frowned on But they kind of liked it Because they did about five originals The only band that did any originals Except for the ones that had records out
0: The guy who wrote football
2: no, no, no. Oh, no. This is my, my older oh, brother. Oh, that was your my band. Older, my older brother's band I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah I yeah. was in a dumb band called Steamroller. <laughs> and five years later, guess who joined that band? Who? After, after I had left a couple of years later. Peter Case. Oh, wow. So I'm in San Francisco, and um, and uh, my friend Chuck Prophet's opening up for Peter Case. The Chuck Prophet and his band. Sure. And the, the creatures of habit. Queen, he's I wonder queen, what kind of habit he used to have. <laughs> and... Um, so Chuck is opening up, and my friend Max Butler is playing in the band, and, um, and P- Peter's a headliner. He's playing by himself. Right. So, so Chuck says, "I'm not putting you on the list. I'll, I'll you know, I'll get in trouble. I'll never be able to play there again." Mm-hmm. So, so I go to the door, and the guy there goes, "Carlos, we wish you could come in and play, but if we let you in, we're going to get in trouble." So then Peter comes walking by, goes, "Hey Peter, they won't let me in." He goes, "Fuck that! Come on!" And so, we, he, so he so he got me in, and and we're sitting back there, and. Um, so everybody panics when I... this is when I'm still drinking and acting stupid.
5: Yeah.
2: And um everybody panics when I walk in like, "Oh my god, who let him in?" And so um oh, in fact, once Chuck Prophet, he was trying to break the ice with the uh with the, with the low He opened, opened up a show somewhere for him. And he and he walks in the dressing room, they look at him like, "What are you doing here?" And he and he says, uh, "You and I have one you guys you have and I have one one thing in common." Like they're trying to figure out what this guy is talking about. He goes, "Carlos guitar." And they all started laughing. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm I'm backstage with Peter be- before the bands go on, and somebody says, "What's the first band you were ever in?" I said, "The band called Streamler." He goes, "I was in that band." He goes, "I go with Danny Blazeys." Yeah, we pick up guitars, and all these people are standing around like like an E. F. Hutton fucking commercial or something, right? They're standing around listening to what we're saying and and. Uh, just amazed that I'm not choking anybody yet. <laughs> and, um, we, and, we, and, we, and we both know the words and the chords to football and hospital <laughs> and Umba Umba Rosa, uh, and we're playing these songs, and they look at us like we're nuts.
0: Wow. So that was well, because really Because of your brother and his band. My elder brother had a band, too. Getting you into music.
2: Uh, that's I, that's how I got into music.
0: music into school.
2: A little bit, yeah. Okay. But uh, I always had to sit out the classes because um, I could read something, And get it the first time and not have to read it anymore after that. Uh Just look at the shape and the time distance without having to think about it the way he wanted me to think about it one bar at a time. Just look at it and know where everything was and play it. So after two weeks, the class was still on the first page and I was through the whole book or something. So he just let me do it that way and gave me a passing grade. But he would get mad at me when I'd pretend like I was playing by reading. (laughs) I I was, but just once is all I needed. Yeah, right. So I was pretty lucky that way. That was that was Mr. Lee at Nightingale.
0: Okay. Uh, when do you start writing songs?
2: 1967.
0: And that's not Steamroller. No. It's your own band, right?
2: Yeah, uh, my, my own songs. Yeah.
0: Oh, but you don't have your own band yet.
2: I didn't need one. Oh. I could play bass rhythm and fills all all the song at the same same all time. Yeah, and I had a bass drum, I had a really? high hat, and I had everything all around me on my elbows. I was gone. Whoa. I had stuff sewn into a pair of pants and crashing like that while I was playing. Yeah. All kinds of things. Oh, man. And my first song was called Running Roads. It reminded me of like a, a movie where the, you're going down a winding road, but it's sped up.
0: Yeah.
2: It, it it goes like this. Stop action. I haven't played this for 20 years, so I did not even remember it.
1: Sound like
2: the Minutemen. Yeah, of the little the whole song. Whoa. That's the first song I ever wrote. It's called running roads the second right, one right. was a samba
0: your first lyrics
2: yeah yeah why do you shy away from me is there something you want me to be tell me now for I must go tell me now where show why do you shy away tell me why do you shy away? Why do you,
4: why do you shy away?
2: just like a jazz song. sure
0: now what were the gigs like were there was there a club scene
2: not that I knew of we just played yeah. for our for our friends so like keggers backyard yeah yeah garage. stuff like that yeah but, uh, but but I could, I could go into Hollywood and get up and play almost anywhere because mm-hmm. I was a persistent pest.
0: <laughs> what was the scene like, Dan?
2: Well, uh, you could see Cant Heat at, at the uh, Biolitos where I met Johnny Legend the first time. I reminded him of it, and he said, uh, and he pulls out his Biolitos card, which he has in plastic. You had to be a member to get in. I wasn't old enough to even be a member, but on, on the Saturday Night Jam... I, at like midnight till 3 or 4 in the morning, I could go there, wait in the hall of the kitchen when I was trying to play, get on stage, then after I played, get off and go stand in the hall and look, look through the door. But I couldn't hang out in the club. This is in the 60s? Yeah, like 65, 66. And I was 15, 16. And, uh, and the and the Sea Witch was uh, going. It became North Beach Leather. It was right next to Dino's on the strip. Just past La Cienega. And uh one t- now every Saturday night my friend Art Choppa. Art Choppa had long hair, about six, eight hundred records, great system in his house back in sixty four, right? So every Saturday night he and I would walk from where the Glendale Freeway meets Glendale Boulevard. Boulevard yeah. We'd walk down to Sunset, along Elborado down to Sunset, and we'd walk on the oh, north up. side of Sunset all the way past the whiskey to the Hamburger Hamlet, right that's where the... has a hoof. Yeah. And then we'd cross the street <laughs> and walk all the way back with a couple of crummy, crummy ragweed joints. Yeah. It Hulk looked Hulk. like green paint scraped off of a school wall. <laughs> and and we, we thought we were cool. And he had a little transistor radio, and I had an acoustic guitar without a strap. I didn't know you could have a strap, you know. So we'd, we'd walk, every Saturday we'd do this as our, our little thing, you know. We'd get sodas we had enough money. Usually we didn't. And uh, so one time we're listening to Carolee, we're listening to. <laughs> I bought the law and the law one. I bought the law and the law one. Bobby Ford. Something like that. And, uh, Bobby Ford. But, but, but then the sound started echoing. And then it started distancing, like I pop, I pop, I pop the law, lo- the law lo- farther Doppler, apart. The Doppler effect. Yeah. Well, and then we realized, and, and then this door opens, and all of a sudden, there's Bobby Fuller playing on stage live on <laughs> KR LA, and we we got him on the radio. We turn off the radio and for about five minutes. The uh, the, the doors open, and I'm jamming, and I knew all the chords and everything. I knew all the whole album, and and I didn't have any records when I was growing up. I had two or three. Uh, but so did you watch people
0: did you have guitar players? oh every,
2: every time I'd go to Art's house I'd learn 10-15 songs and I could hear a song and play it even if I was talking to you and the radio's going I pay attention over there pay attention over there and then I could play the song like e- immediately I could still play whatever I hear so
0: you built your ear up early
2: I moved the wax over yeah <laughs> what <laughs> pop
3: so how many songs have you written now?
2: Wait a minute. You have a mat over there n- near your door, and it says "Hi, I'm Matt," with like one T. Yeah,
0: that's
3: terrible. You can't
2: even spell Matt, Matt. <laughs> okay, was there a difference between the
0: '60s scene and the '70s?
1: Matt, who is that guy talking to me?
0: <laughs> it's Watt from Pedro. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> how did the scene change in? Did- does anybody
2: know off? that when they call you, you don't know if you're in a bat? He goes, what? <laughs> I thought, what did I do?
0: It's the way I grew up. Everybody answered the phone with their
2: last because no, you play you so out. loud. That's yeah. why. Oh, you mean the volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So you can't even hear me. So were you going to ask me some serious questions? Yeah. So there, there I was walking down, like, down Sunset.
0: Yeah. And then the 70s come, and now you're on Sunset.
2: Oh, the 70s come. No, yeah. I didn't go to Sunset. The 70s came. Yeah. Uh, the, I used to go to the uh, lingerie, but it was called the Red Velvet Club in
0: 1965.
2: Okay. And Pat and Lolly Vegas used to, y- y- used to be there. Later on, Pat and Lolly Vegas uh, had this song. <laughs> wow. Come and get your love. Come and get your love. Redbone. That like one, Red that. bone that Indian. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. So they used to play there, but they had suits on, like if they were from Vegas, you know. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, and I and I I could go to that jam too. And I used to go to the jam at Ciro's, that place where uh, now it was called the Comedy Store after that. Ciro's, it's on Sunset. It just it's By where it's where Sammy Davis Jr. made his big splash in variety before and after his accident. When he lost his eye, and they and they went to put his eye back in, but they but they gave him a better ear. <laughs> that guy was, you know, he was actually good. So
0: you're walking in just jamming on open nights.
2: Yeah, well, everybody knew me. They they, they couldn't keep they couldn't keep me out. Okay. So I, I saw uh, I went with. Um,
0: you didn't put a band together,
2: huh? I didn't need one. I could okay, play well, by I was, myself.
0: I wasn't there. You have to tell me these. Things. I,
2: who is that guy talking to me, Matt? <laughs> So, um, what? <laughs> oh, okay. So, um...
0: By the 70s, you start playing with bands. So. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I traveled all over the country with, with, the, ah, with bands in. So that's what you were doing this. the 70s. Yeah, here you we left we go. L.A. Stuff like uh, in, over in Vegas. <laughs> you to Orlando and this stuff. Out of All kinds of crap. Did you like Torn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd always make sure I was in a variety band. Do you have to go to the bathroom, Tina? No, I don't think
0: so. What?
2: what do you mean by You're gonna variety? you going to go suck on a cigarette? Yeah. What do you mean by variety? Smart girl. Band? Well, um, well, Nowadays, now back in the 65, yeah. there was a station called KBLA, 1500. Now it's a new station, I think, like KFWB is. It's KFWB, KLA, and KBLA was. But KBLA came in and really ripped it up. On the same station, you could hear uh, you could hear Brother Matt talking. Or, you could hear, uh, oh, he's like, well, Are you eating? Stop eating. Uh, I mean, by variety, they play a variety of... Right, right. On the same station, you could hear Montevani, Odetta, uh, some B.B. King, Muddy Waters, Frank Sinatra, Stones, Beatles, Trini Lopez, any of the good folk groups.
0: What was Torn like? It it wasn't as many one-nighters, right?
2: Yeah, you'd be somewhere for a week at a Holiday Inn or uh, some kind of crap, yeah.
0: How did you travel around? Car. Cars in those days? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Station wagons, if you had enough money. So what about the
0: station wagons? Yeah, I heard about, like, country bands toured that way. So it wasn't really a van scene. There wasn't a bus scene yet. It was cars and station wagons.
2: You're going to stuff yourself in a little Volkswagen van.
0: No, I'm talking about Big Econo. In
2: 1965? the they bigger, actually had them, but bigger they were Big really were actually small. Yeah, yeah, they were like Falcons. You ever seen a 1960 Econoline? Absolutely. It look, look, looks like a...
0: It's on a Falcon wheelbase. It look,
2: looks like a small cab in uh, Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the motor's in the middle. It's
2: Bogart and Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was hot. I didn't like those. Yeah. So we used to travel around the country and play, like, uh, blues or some rock and roll or jazz or um, oldies, folk, country... All kinds of stuff. You could do more stuff. And you wouldn't
0: and, do just one set, right? You
2: do. No, you'd play the whole night, like four or five sets. Yeah, Much and different. Um, and that. they give you rooms. Now, K, KBLA d- d- did that. They'd play, like, seven songs, and there'd be seven different styles of music. Right. Nowadays, the kids are cut short because... If you're learning and you and your friends are listening to your favorite station, well, you're listening to a rock station that has only one type of rock. Absolutely. Not like ten different kinds and other kinds of music. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I learned a lot lot of stuff. I learned about about my chords and scales.
0: Well, art, some of it was from the radio, some from art. Yeah. Except so every time you went to Art's house, you learned 15 oh, always,
2: songs. I, was, I was always always over there. He had horrible weed, too. <laughs> <Back> <laughs> that's how you yeah. learned. <laughs> that's, that's how you learned. I, can't, I don't want to smoke it in my weed. Let me play some music. <laughs> Nowadays, dude, uh, where's my guitar? Uh, I think you're holding it. Oh, thanks.
0: Well, now, <clears throat> here's where I come in a little bit. Because I know of Top Jimmy... He's working at that place on uh, the taco stand. When did you meet and him?
2: The the Off Sunset became a strip joint. Right, right. It was kind of just up and across from um, A&M Records. And when Paul Williams was waiting for checks, he used to feed him too. He, he got his name Top Taco because he'd buy a sack of beans every month and a bunch of tortillas. And he'd him to the punk rock kids
0: yeah yeah
2: and they they had just you know they couldn't they couldn't hang out but he'd feed it he'd feed him that's why he got the name top taco jimmy yeah and then sarah this manager sort of person that we had and her and her and jimmy just taking money and buy drugs you know i, I never yeah but where did we, you i never knew mean? we were getting paid no but where did you meet jimmy i met jimmy my my uh, friend i met in san francisco in 1970 uh mark frere a bass player he um uh, he was playing. He was playing with uh, Jimmy. Jimmy got a band band together. It was Mark Frere on bass, Tim West on guitar, great guitar player, Kent Henry from Steppenwolf on the other guitar with really great tone, and Jerry Posen on drums, who was the producer and trumpet player on um, on the song tighter and tighter and tighter by the band called Higher and Higher. Yeah, yeah. Come on, just a little bit tighter now. 1971, number one hit. So Jerry was a drummer, and they had this band, but they were doing like twin guitar solos, and Jimmy, they really didn't want that stuff, you know. So I said something more rough. So uh, Mark brings him to the Hong Kong one night. Jimmy says, like, Drive me to the Hong Kong. Hong there's, Kong like, cafe. There's, like beers there's, that, there's beers that people aren't watching. <laughs> no, really. Okay. First time I met Jimmy at the end of the night, Oh, so my friend introduces me, Mark Freire, the bass player, he introduces me to Jimmy, and he goes, This is Top Jimmy, and this is, oh, Top Taco Jimmy, and this is Carlos, uh, Carlos Guitarlos. He makes it up on the spot.
0: Ah, that's where you get the name. Yeah, it
2: just, it just stuck, because uh, I've you always had. You got the
0: name a, the night you met, Top Jimmy.
2: Yeah, and I always had a guitar in my hand, whether I was in court, at the store, on a train, on a plane, uh, hitchhiking, sure. sleeping.
0: Can we back up a little? How did you find out about the Hong Kong?
2: The Hong Kong, the, the Hong Kong, my a friend, I we used to kind of b- babysit him. His mom would go to the store. This is nineteen fifty-eight, nine. He was about four, three or four, five. I was seven, eight or nine, and um, and we'd play on the streets with a little, with a, a golf ball with a bunch of tennis balls, a bunch of um rubber band. socks wrapped. Cut taped, wrap, cut tape, wrap, cut tape until it was a ball. It was soft enough to play in the street but not really not gonna break any windows much. unless it was a house window. We and we play in the streets all the all the time on Merced Street in Cypress Park, just below Isabel. And Dave Drive, you know him? Yeah. Dave Drummer Fernandez, yes. Yeah. His, his his brother Mario his cousin Mario was the was the coach at the popular playground now at Cypress Park Recreation. So um so Dave was a lot a lot younger. So we used to kind of watch him. Will will you watch Dave? When I go to the store, he'll just be in the yard. I've locked the side gate. Okay. So he'd always come out in the street. We'd always have to put him back. It was a hassle, you know, and he's he's a little brat. So what happened was one day my brother says, it was like a a big playoff game in the streets, right? It was like three out of four, two out of three. It was the last game or it was the ninth inning and he kept coming outside uh, uh, of the gate, under the street. My brother says, hang on. He runs upstairs, and he comes back with this chocolate bar. He goes, I'll give you these two chocolate bars if you stand there in the yard. Okay. So he eats two chocolate bars. All you need is one or two little pieces, because it was X lax
0: <laughs> <laughs> So he blew his brains.
2: He <laughs> blew his brains again, shit coming out of his ears. <laughs>
0: And he that's was, how you found out
2: about the Hong Kong. No, and then you <laughs> years and then years later Yeah. And then I slid all the way to the Hong Kong, yeah. Slipping <laughs> I'm On this lava. I was in the lava lounge. Ah! So um so then later on on I, I knew Dable oh, I've known Dable since I was like seven or eight. Right. Um and he still lives in Cypress Park. And um so he was saying he was he'd come by my house. Man, how come you're not playing? You're the only guy who knows who actually knows how to play, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I know all these guys, this Band X and the go-go's and they they only know three songs, but they're, you know, uh and then I, everybody's over here at this place called The Mask. I said, Well, I don't want to go somewhere where I gotta show everybody how to how, how to play. I don't wanna do that. So he says, Well, come down to the Hong Kong. So I went to the Hong Kong and and Dennis True, a big, big, big guy. Um, I talked my way in the back door, he goes, you're the only other guy that's you're the only guy that's ever talked his way in here. You, you want to work here, so then I was the back door man right. at the fucking Hong Kong. Yeah. And so one night, this 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 guy comes up the stairs with this mark that I've known all my life. So I said, you "Come on in." Got the
0: gig the first time you went there.
2: Yeah. So I just because
0: so Dave says, "Check this place out."
2: Well, because I was a big guy when I was twelve, I was oh, a wow. ball of muscle, a bulldog. Playing football. He had to catch me and then fight me all the way across the field as I drugged two or three guys. I was an animal. Okay, okay. So I and didn't always look play, like though. Brother Matt. <laughs> and so um, so uh, just because I was big and I talked my way in and I bullshitted him and I yeah. gave him shit, he, he let me in. Wow. And then he asked me if wanted to work. So well, I was uh, the backdoor man there at the Hong Kong, and uh, my friend Mark comes in the backdoor one night, I go, okay, Mark, come on in, but just just keep it cool. You know, I'll act like I don't see you. So next thing, I go into the other room. This is the back room of the Hong Kong. I go into the main room with the banter. I look around like I'm doing, like I'm working. I go back in. And this guy, Top Jimmy, has picked up every beer, put it on a table, empty or not, and he's drinking them. Drinking every one, every drink, every cocktail, every drink, everything. (laughs) And the last one, right? It's full, you can tell it's full when he picks it up. And his eyes finally open and they light up. Yeah, yeah! You know, and so he starts drinking it. And he goes, (laughs) you hear it falling in like it's going into an empty barrel, you know? Barrel chested singer, full of beer. Roll out the barrel. So he's going, then he goes, goes, then he goes, and he spits out about five cigarettes and about a hundred pounds of cigarette, cigarette tobacco, and it hits the wall and it goes, <laughs> and there's butts on the wall, stuck and beer floating and vobas thrown down the wall. I go,
0: Fuck. I gotta get in a band with this guy.
2: Oh. So, so I go over and I go, hey man! I, I get a towel from the kitchen. I go, hey man! I pour pour some water on the wall yeah. down there, slapping it up and squeezing it into a thing. I hand it to him. He doesn't want to drink it, you know. Yeah. And so he goes, uh, Carlos. This is uh, Top Jimmy, and this is Carlos. name. Then he makes up a name, Carlos Catarlos. And then later later on, Mark wasn't. I mean. Jimmy wasn't too happy with his band so he said well uh, I've been hanging out with Carl's a little bit and he's he's pretty cool so and he can play all these songs you don't even have to rehearse them and I don't want to rehearse with you guys so (laughs) you know you just got to do them so um, so all all, four of my friends said no don't get I'm I'm making the sign of the cross with with my fingers and and my finger with you know he goes don't put him in the band no, can't What are you doing? You're crazy. You'll never get a gig. This is before I even had a bad reputation. <laughs> I was just a pest then. And uh, so back in 1965, though, to, go, to back it up, 65-66 um, summer, the Hullabaloo After Hours, which is the Nickelodeon now, right across from Motown Caddy Corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to hang out in that lot, and I saved Rodney's life there once. The uh, the uh, rebels this this Hollywood gang the the rebels, they just dealt weed a little bit of speed. They were lightweight kids about twenty. I was like sixteen. Rodney was probably a hundred <laughs> and um, three. And he had he had long hair and you know high and like and like high water pants the, the Cholos called them, and uh, be- beetle boots and big corduroy like like an inch thick corduroy. Yeah. And the and the big belt with a big buckle with something on the it, it and, and the shirt, and the and the and the and the Sunny and Share uh, vest with the fur, you know, <laughs> and everything, everything, and the and, and the high white collars off of a striped shirt, yeah, collars, you know, it's looking pretty so slappable, it, <laughs> yeah, and so, so, so these guys want to stab him. And kick his ass. Just for that
0: look. They want, yeah, just for the
2: look. <laughs> and they came out, So they're starting to surround him. And what I do sh- they wear? Sh- oh, they just wore, like, g- greaser clothes, you yeah. know, jeans and greaser, you know, boots, just like lightweight motorcycle mm. guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I go over and I go, hey, what are you guys doing? And he goes, we're going to kick this bag of his ass. And the guy pulls out a knife and goes, I'm going to stab him. I grab his, I grab him and I turn it, but he was the biggest guy. So if you stop the biggest guy for a minute, right. the rest of was going to see what's going on. You go to the smallest guy, they all jump on you. So I went to the biggest guy and took the knife and twisted his hand down. Yeah. And had a, he didn't want to let go, so I had control of him for a minute. And I'm talking to him, and I let go easy. And I'm saying, no, that guy's got more girlfriends than all of you put together. You know, come on. Rah, 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 rah. You know, he wants to do a, he wants to be a, a radio guy. He knows all the bands that come through. You can, you can you can meet the bands through him. Oh really? You mean you mean like these Standells or something? I go, yeah. He knows he knows the Dave Clark. He knows everybody. So, they let him go. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I saved his life once. So anyway, there at the at the Hullabaloo after hours, it was a load in and a sound check about five in the afternoon. It started at two, two in the morning, two till seven, for like wow. two bucks. And it was it was Dave Hall, the the Hullabaloo-er from KRLA, um, who one night when it was crowded said, "Well, uh, let's all give a let's all give us a, a hand signed show of appreciation to the fire marshal for making you get out of the aisle." <laughs> <laughs> 400 kids gave this guy the finger. Did
0: you ever go to Gazzari's for the real Don Steele?
2: No, but I used to, I used to, I used to go there. I, I played there with, with uh, Steamroller.
0: Okay. Because
2: he was big on the radio, too. I re- uh, AM radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. AM. It wasn't FM then. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, anyway, so so David Lindy is loading in. Oh, wow. Because he's going to play with Kaleidoscope. I bought that, my first bass
0: amp from Kaleidoscope.
2: yeah classical They were like about a eight, seven-eight piece band. They were all good players. Yeah, yeah. Really amazing stuff. Sitars. Yeah, kind of psychedelic. I yeah, like.
0: I bought a Vox AC50. Yeah, that's my first. Day. So,
2: uh, so uh, he's loading in, and I stop him at the door. Hey, you know that song? Show me the hit. I pull out one of his guitars, and because mine wouldn't tune up right, and and uh, I pull it. And he's looking at me like, oh my god, what do I do? And I start playing the song. He goes, no, it's like this. I kept him there for like forty-five minutes to to an hour. Picking his brain, and I had all the right questions. I knew what I was doing. I just wanted to know immediately.
0: Right, yeah, right, right.
2: So, I ran into him about three, two or three months ago at the. I've seen him since, but I ran in three. I reminded him of that day, about two, or three months ago. I reminded him of it at the McCabe's. He played a solo show by himself, just like one long set. And afterwards, he's talking to Jackson Brown. And I met him before, so we're we're all talking after everybody's gone. And I said. Do you remember me? He goes, yeah, you were in Top of the Biggie. He goes, yeah, I remember you guys at Jackson Brown. We did a homeless benefit at the Palace once, and Jackson Brown gave me his guitar to play the solo instead of him on the last song written by Martin Enzoni by the homeless people. Anyway, it was a big thing, big deal. Anyway, so um, So he, he goes, I go, no, from the Hullabaloo. And I'm starting to say it, 1965. You were playing with Kaleidoscope. I stopped you at the... And he goes, you stopped me at the door and you wouldn't let me go for an hour. <laughs> he, he remembered, remembered it. <laughs> he goes, that was you? <laughs> he goes, I still remember you. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, he sees this kid being inquisitive and he's asking the right questions. Right. So he puts up with it for an hour or so, right, you know. Right. Uh, but but he, we, forward back up to the
0: Rhythm Pigs now. Top Jimmy yeah. Diggs, you because you don't need rehearsal.
1: Well,
2: because I don't care what the fuck he's doing anyway, kind of thing.
0: Okay. You guys start playing gigs.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Got in with the Blasters, the X
2: crowd. That's where a lot of people... Well, uh, well, Jimmy was kind of their roadie, uh, illustrious leader, uh, uh, drug distributor. (laughs) Mule. Mule, mule, (laughs) mule, mule, Yeah, Remember, don't ever go to a game with... uh, Baseball, baseball game with brother Matt. <laughs> unless, unless you need a shower for three hours. So, uh, yeah, uh, so we started doing, doing some gigs. Uh, our first set had like uh, had like Mer, uh, Merle Haggard. Sometimes I think I might leave and I want to leave a little drug behind. The working man's blues. Sure. And uh, Holland Wolf. Do the do. And um, some of some of my songs, Dance With Your Baby. Dance, 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 dance with baby now. And Who um, was
0: in that first version?
2: In the first version, it was me and Jimmy. And for about three or four months, it was a whole bunch of guys. We even had Brendan playing the trumpet wow. harmonica.
0: Oh, I, remember, I remember him playing at maybe a whiskey gig or something.
2: Yeah, getting up and falling over drunk. <laughs> uh, one of our first, our first gig at the Hong Kong, it was Johnny Doe on bass, me on guitar, um, Steve Smith on drums, some guy named Steve Smith. Uh, he looked like a DEA agent. And <laughs> Lee being on the harp with a big old marshal in a harp. <laughs> and Exene um, uh, would sing a little bit. Johnny would sing. Exene uh, used to sing uh, "Slipping and Sliding." With me, the, the Richard Penniman song.
4: slipping and keeping it been told a long time ago, slipping and slidin'.
1: And
2: um, she sang a little bit with Jimmy on some other songs. But we also had, uh, Brendan would get up and play harp or trumpet or something. And um, right before Xing came up to sing, there was this guy sort of at, a, at an angle in front of this little Hong Kong stage, passed out drunk. People were stepping over him. He was kind of like here's a stage level at you, then at an angle. Is that forty five degrees? Yeah. He was at an angle, and Brendan gets so 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 drunk with his trumpet that he falls over. And his last note, when he, his trumpet hits this guy on the floor, goes <laughs> and it hits the guy, and the trumpet cuts his mouth, and he knocks out. And he's like this X on the front of the stage. <laughs>
1: That's technique.
2: And scene steps over <laughs> him and sings. <laughs> she didn't want to sing. And then she saw. It, she goes, "Look, an X," and she steps over them and got him to sing with him. You know
0: what? I always wondered about that band. Is what about recording? You guys just never thought about recording.
2: Well, I just. Um, you know who Mark Lynette is? No. Well. One of the first projects he did was Translator with Steve Berlin. Oh, yeah, I remember that. A band from that. Frisco, 1981
0: or 80.
2: Yeah, New and, Wave kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, he was—he had, he had done mixing since the 70s and stuff like that, Mark Lynette. But he and Steve have gone on to become like real big deals, especially Mark. Now, Mark just did the entire Beach Boys catalog, and he did that Pet Sounds and Smile, oh, that masterpiece. Sure, sure. He, it's just finally out because Mark mixed it. Uh, over at his house in, uh, up near the Verdugo College, or whatever it is. And uh, that, I, well, that's that's where we mixed my new record, which we should play something off of in just a minute. Yeah, we're
5: going
2: And um, uh, so we recorded it in 81. We recorded some more the end of 86 or beginning of 87. We recorded three more songs at Rusk Studios on Highland or La Brea. Right across from that pizza place that says, Have You Had a Piece Lately? Um, just up from the lava lounge. That's La Brea, I suppose. So we recorded three songs there, which was uh, Backroom Blues, but for God's sake, Brother Matt, it's Bathroom Blues. That was an, that an intermenstrual. That's why we only play it once a month. And we also recorded A Hole in My Pocket. I've got a hole in my pocket and we recorded the uh, Dylan song. <laughs> Ballad of Thin Man. Ballad of Thin Man. And, uh, Thin Man. And, and then it was mixed and released like years later, like, like then and like beginning of 88. That's,
0: that, but that's the 86 record. What was recorded in the 81 one?
2: The first part of Piggest, Drunkest, Maximus. Ah. Or, except for the last three songs, which we recorded later. We were like too crazy to go on and do anything with it. So it was released and... Um, in, in 88, beginning of 88, end of you 88. you never, because,
0: you know, all them punk bands were putting out 45s and everything, and you guys just would not put out records.
2: Who cares? Oh,
0: well, okay. That, that's my answer to that. I know a lot I have, of... I have
2: enough songs to put out a record a week.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. For,
2: like, the next two years.
0: But the point was, you didn't at that time. Because you were in the moment. You're playing live, right? That's what
2: we did, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, this, now, this new record... Um, one day I called up Craig Parker Adams. And he said, uh, I said, he said, who's this? I go, this is Handsome Los, Carlos Handsome Los," And he thought I said Handsome Wolf. So he wants to call this new record Handsome Wolf. And he's talked Gary Leonard into putting up on the uh, Los Angeles in the Palace Theater down, downtown on Broadway in L.A., up near 4th Street, you know, on both of them, on all the marquees now. It'll say now playing. And then it'll say... Uh, Carlos guitar was handsome Book. that you know we'll use that in, the, in the, somewhere on the record. Anyway, so um uh That's better than we we <laughs> <laughs>
0: What? <laughs> That's so what I thought you said at first. Yeah.
2: So we uh <laughs> careful, Matt. Once your you're digging and when you're laughing function. it'll never stop. So can we uh we're going to so we did this live record in the studio. Yeah. Joey f- f- from the Rhythm Pigs.
0: Sure.
2: Uh Played drums. I played guitar and sang. And Mike Mike Hightower used to be the manager of a Guitar Center for thirteen years. Plays in a lot of blues bands all the time. He's been playing with me for about two and a half years. Rhythm
0: guitarist.
2: Bass. J- was, oh, see the
0: guy outside at Liquid Kitty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was. It was just a trio. He's got a good sound. Well,
2: he well, has. Well, that... Oh,
0: had some other Cat come in on rhythm guitar.
2: Dig the pig later.
0: That's right. Yeah. And then Gil came on. Bass. Yeah.
2: And then guilty. Well, well, he, he
0: was he, in the side. He was like he had,
2: to have his, he had to have his own half of the club to sit in. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if you don't know Gil, he looks like a wall of chorizo. He was
0: he's playing great. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, He's singing great too. It's
2: yeah, he, he moved back in the town after 18 years. Oh, he's
0: going to live here now. Yeah, he lives okay. here.
2: He uh, he moved down near uh, down near Candy Kane to play in her band, but they started arguing over the per diem money. But wait, that last burger's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gil told her something like Well in my next life they were arguing, you know, he sending, sending emails after he quit. Um arguing something like, Well I hope I hope I in my next life I I Gil said, I hope I come back as your feet. And she goes, Type type type. Why? Type type type. So you'll know so you'll never see me again. Oh man. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, terrible. Man, some low blow. Did I say that out loud? Oh did my I god, it I did. Out loud. Candy's gonna eat me. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, we we did this live record. I wrote six new songs for it. There's um uh, I overdubbed oh, but can Washboard we- on one song and at the end I play another part. Washboard? Washboard, yeah. Oh. And the first time I ever, ever 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 played one. And then I saw Jimmy uh, play one. And I overdubbed a um Solo on The Fool That I Am, and I just in one little section, not a whole nother guitar part. And I overdubbed on the end of one song, I uh overdubbed Phil's going out some Motown, Flighting, Curtis Mayfield type of stuff. Oh, sorry, it's like this, uh, against the rhythm, and uh. And uh, other than that, it's, it's completely live. Wow. And it was mixed by a great guy, Mark Lynette, who just mixed that masterpiece smile. He mixed Dave Alvin's last couple of records, except for the newest one.
0: And he started with Steve Berlin. Wow. Yeah, him and Steve Berlin I remember started remember Steve getting... when he first came
2: on the scene. Well, you know, Steve, it's kind, of a, it's kind of an oddity. Steve Berlin, you know, he's Jewish, right? So, now that was back when the Lobos all looked like the way Matt looks now.
0: <laughs> Gordo. Gordo. <laughs>
2: Gordo, yeah. So, like, oh, all like, all the Lobos were like, the Lobos were like chunky guys, yeah, yeah. and Steve Berlin was a pencil. Yeah, he was playing the saxophone. Yeah, now it's the other. He's the. Gordo. And now they're all trim, and he's the only fat Mexican left And <laughs> then the Lobos. Steve, stop that. Take the hand. I think he reminds him of being in a rhythm pig.
0: We're finishing up the first hour now, so we're gonna move on to the second one. We'll talk some more. We'll play some songs. And then you're going to collaborate with Brother Matt on a jam.
2: Oh, my God. Darren okay, it's time to circle. leave. No, play, play that straight from, from, from the heart. We're going to do that. But I wrote straight from the heart on one of my deathbeds. I can't remember which one. But Probably one the of one before but, <laughs> we did w- that. One of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, I want to, we didn't really finish up how you finished up with Top Jimmy and
2: stuff. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy died.
0: Yeah, but uh, you <laughs> kind of stopped playing with him before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that next hour.
2: Um. <laughs> Look, I almost died Come on guys Oh me, I know I know Give me some press. Oh, no. <laughs> give some press I almost died More times Than like Jimmy did Okay Yeah. So uh, I'm So more prop yeah, I'm a little cooler Amongst the idiots Of the world <laughs> Like Like brother Matt <laughs> And Mike Watt.
0: I am the biggest
2: idiot. You know, idiot number one. Okay. You know, I don't, even, I don't even have names for people anymore. The guys in my band, they're idiot number one, idiot number two, <laughs> idiot number three. It's, I got names. But I, you got, a I got numbers. Order.
0: Okay, hold tight uh, for hour two. It's June 17th, 2006. It's the second wait hour of the Watt uh, from wait. Pedro show. <laughs>
2: That was uh, Dance with Your Baby live on the Brother Matt KXLU Blue Shift. When like did you meet, brother? Twenty Matt? years ago. Yeah.
0: Was it at
3: that?
2: T- yeah, I guess you came around to the gigs, or someone got a hold of you, or
3: I seen you guys before, and then I met you. I was sitting at a table with Big Joe Turner. Sitting at a table with Big Joe Turner. Must
2: have been one big table. It was you and him at that table. <laughs> big Joe yeah, Turner
3: at a big old table with <laughs> Big Brother Matt. And you guys played. Uh, that night that where music machine oh yeah yeah music machine Turner yeah <laughs> it was a trip cause uh it was hard to hear hard to understand what he was saying but when he sat down and sang man that was what he was made to do
2: yeah are you kidding
3: that guy fucking could Michael. totally sing
2: what are you complaining about Mike the
0: microphone cause brother Matt's fucking my like, ain't shit cause I gotta get that fucking jack fixed <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, so so I think you guys weren't playing any place regularly at that time, and so I said, well, you guys want to play on the radio? And then you guys came up and next week, and we did it that night at the Blue Shift, August 1st, 1985. That was it? Yeah. People thought I was crazy for having you guys up, because, uh, like, I guess... Those Slobo's trash KPFK ones, or the Circle Jerks. There were there were a few like notorious radio shows, <laughs> and they were afraid that the station was going to get trashed, and uh, everyone thought it was nuts. But they thought we we're going to
2: run run yeah. around and chase all those nuns.
3: <laughs> Remember the mic falling down during the right before the break. It was like. Together with duct tape and bubble gum, but it was well,
0: You're fucking coming in from his lottery One, two. Yeah, you got uh, a, a gooseneck.
2: Somebody needs an app.
3: That was when <laughs> I met Carlos Guitarless and everything. Rhythm Pigs.
2: Yeah, we, we, we played on your show three or four or five times, I guess.
3: Yeah, and you, you came up a whole bunch. It was cool. You just sit there.
2: I guess nobody wanted to go on your show, huh? (laughs) Uh,
0: Here, let's uh, talk about what we just played. We started the second hour off with uh, Ain't That Lovin' You. which, uh, Which is
2: from my CD, Straight From The Heart, which came out three years ago.
0: Right.
2: Which ended up on the front page of the L.A. Times and two pages inside. Yeah. Now, Paul McCartney's record gets on the front page at the bottom of the paper. Not page one, column one. At the bottom of page one, it'll go to the calendar section, right? Right. But not mine. And uh, then on that song, Ain't That Loving You, you're on it, and so is Pete.
0: Yeah, Pete Mazich on Oregon. Who plays in your trio. Right, second man. I'm playing tonight with Orange County, and I'm playing tomorrow with them at 4 in the afternoon at the Echo in Echo Park, a barbecue.
2: So there's, um, so there's so there's 3 there's three threes. you have any 4-4s? Not yet. I'm okay. working
0: on
2: <laughs> got to um, find 4 people who can play. That, I remember when we uh, recorded that song. Where were we? It was out, was out it at was Trend Coma, which, yeah. is an ac- which is an acronym for Mark Doughton. Yeah. Mark was in uh, Double Knot Spy Car, a great bass player, right. good arranger, good, uh, great engineer, great mixer. And uh, He also did my uh, next record, which was Hell Can Wait, which is out now.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to play something from that. Um, but did you just write that song before we recorded it? Or is that an oldie? Ain't that loving you?
1: I
2: wrote it about six, seven months before.
0: Oh, so it was kind of recent.
2: Yeah. But I, I always write... I
0: remember you said, hey, uh, let's try this Motown bass line. And you show me the bass
2: line. Yeah, it's, it's the one that you played, which is like a James Jamerson style. Yeah. Moving against a one, like this, yeah, which goes... So it goes one, almost like a four to the one, but it's actually a two one. It goes know, if you do both parts at the same time why, why did I even need you it goes <laughs> so close to the kick <laughs> I'm still tuning here
0: what do you think about these bands these days that don't have bass players that just drums and guitar what do you think of that well I mean I'm saying that because you, you asked why did you need me
2: Oh, I'm, people...
0: I'm... No, no, there's people doing bands
2: without bass guitars. Yeah, it was a big deal about that White stripe being, yeah, being yeah. recorded rough and raw. It was recorded nothing like Led- the Led Zeppelin that some people have compared it to. Um, hell, Jimmy Page put four or five microphones, taped them together, put them right on top of his amp, put another four or five about 15, 20 feet away at the end of a long high hall. That's how he can got that sound, not without a bunch of outboard crap. Oh wow! It was on the yeah, mic. Yeah, you know that that song, "Whole Lot of Love." Yeah, it was recorded. His his amp was in the same hallway that Richie Ballin sang Donna in, which was where Mystic Sound was. Remember that hallway? Sure, sure. One hallway when you get up the steps, the amp was at one end. The microphones were on top, and at the other, and Richie Ballin stood in that hallway to sing Donna. Wow! I heard uh,
0: he used a little Supro amp.
2: I don't know. That's why I, I heard. Know. But was it wasn't some big kind of Marshall.
0: It was a little Supra.
2: Yeah, those those things cook. Those things cook.
0: What's your favorite guitar?
2: Uh, well, I've I've had maybe a hundred guitars in my life since 1960, but um. My two favorite guitars was one that my brother had. A uh, he had a '56 uh, Les Paul Junior with a little double double uh, horns.
0: Like Johnny Thunder.
2: Yeah, yeah, a little, a little, uh, a little. Um, Burgundy one. And when I first met Caesar in 1970, he was really young. Caesar from the Lobos. Sure. He used to come over and try and buy it for my brother. My my brother had a band called uh, um, Free Road, and they were really, really good. They could all play and really sing. I mean, really sing good and play just great. So, um, because that was when I was just writing songs and staying at home, and my brother was gigging everywhere. And, um, uh and i like that and i on this new record i have i took about eight guitars and of mine and three belong to my landlord tony who's got some great guitars and i didn't use anything but this little les paul jr that i just recently got Is it an old uh, with, one? with a little dog ear no but it sounds
0: great oh the one we saw you at the club yeah right? yeah
2: the little thing so screams and that's the same amp i used on this new record and all I used, the only effect I used was, well, I had to use a guitar chord, sorry. <laughs> I used a chord, I used a patch chord. Gee, I'm, I, geez, I, I thought I was a purist. Yeah, corrupt. I'm, 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 I'm totally corrupt. Yeah, I used a, a guitar chord, plug it into the amp. That's all I used on the new on the new record. I used tremolo and reverb from the amp, and that was it. And it was mixed by Mark Lynette. But, but you uh,
0: played strats a long time.
2: Yeah, I played, played nothing but strats. Yeah. My 59 got stolen, so a, while, a couple couple years back, uh, Flea bought me one. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah. He was going to play a benefit, but then he, the last minute, he he couldn't make it. He was going to Green, Greenland to play for Olson Beer. It was one of their last official, last unofficial gigs before they kind of broke up, and no, nobody ever knew it. Oh, wow. and they, for about a year, they didn't play. Remember?
0: Yeah, I do. They've been uh, up and down a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Anthony used to live um in the in the um in the the outpost building where the shoe shine place was, right next to the pizza, just west of uh Las Palmas on, on Hollywood. Yeah. You know where the shoe shine place is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always have it in movies. And um he was uh, the office right next to my ex wife Marilyn who was doing, who had her art studio there and he was up in the little office. And oh in his in his new book someone told me it says and I was living in an office of the outpost building and um there was a young designer, he didn't mention her name, just talked about her, and he said, Who's who's whose ornery boyfriend was Carlos guitar?" <laughs>
0: you were ornery.
2: <laughs> ornery, yeah. I never picked him up and threw him. <laughs> I used to do that to people. When I I liked them, I didn't get, get into five with them, I just pick him up and Toss. throw them. A big person pick him up and throw them. <laughs>
1: Okay, it's, it's it's like
2: better than punching somebody. They don't want to get up and, yeah, yeah. and they're they're run male. after you. You're male. pick them up and throw they're them. Air
0: mail. Uh, after uh, that, loving you, we played uh, some uh, more contemporary. Although that was contemporary, when did we do that, three or four years ago. That was three years ago. Three years ago.
1: Yeah, and oh, we should and, tell and,
0: the story about it too, because
1: that and really and,
0: and, was after a hell ride, right? It was near from a death.
2: Call. Oh, oh, the straight from the heart. Yeah oh yeah I wrote straight from the heart on one of my deathbeds I whispered the words into Marilyn's ear Lord, I whispered the words in her ear and you couldn't hear it so the nurse got on the other side in the other ear and her head was hollow so it echoed out loudly and the nurse wrote the words down no I'm just joking and um, um, anyway and then when I woke up a couple of days later after this heart thing um, uh, I she had the guitar there and knew I wanted to play it so I played it after I woke up, probably like <laughs> kind of like I was so out of it, you know. You can feel your fingers then too. Huh? Can you see this one?
0: Read between the
2: lines. Not, <laughs> this is the <a> line, <laughs> brother. Duh.
0: Okay, so we played a uh, Sonic Youth cover, "Bull In The Heather," something new from Go Team. We played new Sonic Youth. Uh, Jams run... You know, there's the- only two
2: things wrong with that Sonic Youth album. Yeah. One, I'm not playing on it. And two, they're not doing any of my songs.
0: And then we had a band from Tokyo called the No People doing Paper Cut Girl. What
2: and are they, they called?
0: Out, uh, they were called the No People, N-O.
2: You remember that band from Pasadena called the B People? Yeah. They used to play gigs with uh, Lawndale like with, with and Johanna. Kind of arty. Kind of artsy partsy. Like uh, no, like Roxy Muzak. <laughs> now, now, someone then had a, uh, what was that first little, the first synthesizer board that had stackable banana clips? Mm? No, no. Uh, Art? No, I forgot. That little guy who was into dinosaurs. Uh, oh, oh. Jill, somebody helped.
0: He had one. I thought you wanted to know the name of the Yeah,
2: also. The yeah, yeah. No, the name of the synthesizer. <gasps> I used to. Anyway, those were really great.
0: I remember that scene, Monitor. There was those bands. Yeah. That were, they weren't really rocking. <laughs> they were more into. Uh... Well, they were art students, a lot of them.
2: Yeah, from Pasadena College. Yeah, they? you would talk to them or CalArts. And the rest <laughs> were from Lawndale, so you know, there's nothing happening there.
1: <laughs>
2: they're it's kind of they're like, like of surf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were like a serpent. In fact, uh, Dave, Dave Dave Lombard, Charles, the, uh, the
0: drummer, runs Liquid Kitty.
2: Runs runs the Plastic Kitty.
0: Is that what you call
2: it? Yeah. Well, no, well, when I'm there, I'll, I'll hold up the tip jar and I'll go, Welcome to the Empty Kitty! <laughs> and then since I'm kind of big and I tell him, Oh, we need money. This is a tit jar, not a tip jar. I need a breast reduction.
0: <laughs> so we didn't get to finish up on how you finished up with Todd Jimmy.
2: Uh... Well, about 1988, we toured the country and came back, and everybody went their separate ways. And then Jimmy died. Yeah, he died in 2001. And I was in San Francisco all those years.
0: Yeah, but the, yeah, because you just passed through the whole 90s by doing that. <laughs> but in the 90s is important because you're not in LA; you're up in San Francisco. Yeah, but that's in fact, interesting gigs, because that's right in front of BART station. Because
2: because that's where my daughter was. Oh. that's why I went up. The only that's reason I went up. Uh, she just moved in with me for the next month and a half. And then she's going to New York to be at the uh, neighborhood playhouse. It's like a big deal theater school in New York. Oh, wow. so I'll be broke the next two years.
0: <laughs> but the, your San Francisco sojourn.
2: Oh, I played in bands for a while, but it was like it was like Austin, like 80, 80 bands for one gig. Right, right. And nobody nobody gets paid. So I started playing on the streets with a little uh, mouse or a crate a lot of money playing on the streets. Now, it was good. The most I ever made, I made $1,271.22. And I know because my daughter in one and her, in and and and, and like two 45 minute sets, playing on the street at the Haight Ashbury uh, Street Fair. So I'm playing every 60 song that I know. We skip a lot, Fandango. And, you know.
4: The lawn, the lawn. I the
2: lawn, the the
5: the
0: They never found his body, huh?
2: Yeah, they found his body, they uh, did? Bobby Puller. Yeah, they just stuffed him full of gasoline because he owed money to the mob.
0: That's what. Okay. I thought he just disappeared. But they did find
2: him. Huh? Well, he his, his body stuck around, but his spirit disappeared. Yeah. And. Um, uh, so was with Jimmy, let's see, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. I was in San Francisco playing on the streets, and you could make money, and it was legal. And I, I I got a ticket once, and they, oh, uh, right before I left, they were going to make me the arts commissioner. Wow. Yeah, and I was still playing the streets, to make me the arts commissioner, wow. and give me a city plaque and all that Don't crap. You
0: play in front of BART stations.
2: Yeah, I play in front of BART stations. Play. a Okay, this is like if I wanted to make like on a Friday, if I wanted to make like five, six hundred bucks. Or, or else in, in one day or else more. If I had CDs, I could make 700 bucks a day on a Friday during the summer because I'd play from 6.30 till 9.00 downstairs in the bar station with an acoustic. Of course, I'd be sitting on my amp, have it backwards, put a, put a, um, have a contact pickup, not on the face of the acoustic, but on the back. With the wire going behind me into the amp, and a coat, and the amp facing backwards, and the amp would be just slightly louder than the guitar itself was, so the cops didn't know. Right, right. And I, my voice was like bang in a bar station. Sure, it was, it right. was like it was like the big bang theory. <laughs> and um, and so they they couldn't tell because I was so loud with my voice.
1: Sure, sure. So
2: I'd have an amp down there, and I'd make like eighty, ninety bucks. Sell four or five CDs, make one hundred and fifty maybe. Let's say let's just say a 100, 100, 120. and then, then I, I'd, I'd have to always have two amps, one charging in the room, unless I left the area. Then I take them both charged, and then I would go back to my room, uh, charge the amp, go eat breakfast, come back at eleven thirty. I would head downtown on the BART, get off at uh, Montgomery. Or Powell. Now, if it's Powell, and you, and if you get Powell in the summer, you can make. In two hours, you can make like three, four hundred dollars. Wow! If you have CDs, you could always make that.
0: Was there competition with other buskers?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To get yeah. heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but how did, uh,
0: you, how did you handle that? Like the, the technique you used as a doorman? No, no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> no. No, Yeah, if I if I if I wanted it on a Saturday, yeah. I'd get there at five in the in the oh, morning. So you would and when we'll wait till 9 to start Just playing. I have early. two amps. Yeah. I could play for seven, eight hours. So I could play from 9 till 5. So whoever and then, got And there then there go, first, charge, go charge no and eat dinner. There's no problem if you got there early. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nobody ever muscles you
2: out. Oh, no, 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 no. But I always had a, I always had a, a, a guitar neck to, to fend off robbers. One one saw, oh. This guy went, reached for the money. I knew he to do it. I timed it. I perfectly got the thing. I went... Wham! And I broke his finger right, right in the box.
0: So this is a neck. And
2: then, and then, two of the homeless guys jumped him and got him to so the cops came because I knew I'd always pay them like ten bucks to catch catch somebody that that stole stole my money.
0: Right, right. But you had a guitar neck without a body.
2: Yeah, just to whack people. Just
0: to whack people. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, no.
2: Like, oh, I was kind of skinny but the idea is and to fucked go to up. San up and,
0: Francisco is to go where your daughter was.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah. Because
0: you didn't know? Really, did you know about there was a busking scene like that. And I went there in 1970
2: for the first time. Yeah. And my friend Mark Frere, who introduced me to Top Jimmy, a bass player. Sure. Um. Mark Mark Frere, he's the first musician I met in San Francisco. 864-1560 was the musician switchboard number. Four one five. And it turned out he lived like a block away. But
0: well, from the Union Hall? From where I was. Oh, from where you were. So we'd get
2: together and play. And we had this little uh, pig-nose amps, two of them. Yeah. And we'd put them in a little radio flyer wagon. And we'd, we'd, we'd drive his cart on their park. We'd get the wagon, the two lamps. We'd put the amps in the wagon at each end, you know, for separation. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and we'd sit on the ground and play right there at the cable car turnaround. Oh, Wow. Which I did in in the in the nineties. Uh, in the nineties. And we'd play there, and uh, make make money for some. You actually know. got hip to this in the early seventies. In nineteen seventy. So you
0: come back and
2: revisit. And it was going movie. strong. Yeah. So uh, on a Friday I'd play in the in the in, the, in the, or, any, or any day I wanted I could play in the in the in the morning, at the Bart six thirty till till nine, Go in charge, for two hours or so while I'm eating breakfast. And then go downtown to Market Street, one of three or four places, and during the lunch hour. Play from noon till one thirty. And then if there was a festival in the summer, go there with the other amp. and a little early and go charge and go out at night two or three times. But then I, if not, I'd go home and charge both amps now. I charge the second one. Then I take both amps and go play the rush hour going home in one of the same spots, or, the, or my original spot, but not downstairs, the, the morning spot, but, but upstairs with the amp facing backwards so it would echo off a wall. Sure. And I'd be sitting on the amp covering it up. And then, uh, then I'd go out at night from – I could catch you the dinner crowd from 8 to 10 – and then have another amp ready to go in the in the neighborhood of uh, 16th and Mission, Valencian Mission, where all the hefters were <laughs> after the Vantage repair article. <laughs> 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 Can I ask you something? I mean, you work the streets, you work the clubs,
0: you play incredible, and you got this command of all these songs. Did you ever check out the studio scene, the sideman scene,
2: the session well, man? I can walk in and play your songs better than you can, but I don't want to do that. Swordfish, oh, Swordfish Trombone. Yeah, I I, I played on that. It was supposed to be the number two record of all time, according to Spin, for its content, not its sales. I, I played I play guitar on that. But I, I, I'm sure it sold. I'm sure it's still selling. How were those sessions? Oh, that was good, because I, cause I knew Tom. He used to come play with us on Mondays at the Café de Grenne. uh Tom Waits. And um uh He's so actually was,
0: from the Troubadour scene in the south. You know what
2: when i when I met him, yeah. He was living right down there near um uh where First street meets Temple, down there near the Bob Marinette Theater yeah, and yeah. Belmont's there, that new school the building, and that hill goes up, that's that's the little the little shortcut hill. Okay. Um this is downtown sort of downtown LA. Yeah. So uh, he was living in a little apartment there before he met Kathy and got the place in New York and her place and the other places that they have now because they, they've made money. He was living in some little apartment, right, and probably, you know, squeezing by. And um, so I said, I have to move out of this place. And he goes, oh, I'll help you do it. Oh, all right. Okay. So he, so he drives up. Um, it's Gary Leonard's place at the end of Hickett Park Avenue. We had all that trash like a like a Watts uh, tower thing. They said, get out of here, Gary. That's what they told him. You know? So I had I had to I had to move out of there. I was, I was moving out of there, and up the back way, land off of Stadium Way exit where Stadium yeah. Way meets Riverside. Now it's closed. He came up that way, and I hear this car coming up the hill, <laughs> steaming and farting and belching and. And gasping for air, this horrible, ugly-looking blue Belvedere station wagon, like those two chickens drive in that commercial. Uh, but it's a station wagon; it's even worse. So he comes driving up. I go, God, that's. I wonder if that's Tom. <laughs> what kind of cars have he got, right? And I look out, and it is. <laughs> so we he, we load up his car with all my stuff, which wasn't much—just guitars and amps and some clothes and. Posters and and, and and my Rolodex, and we drive the last bit of Landa. We're at the top of Echo Park. We start going down Echo Park. Halfway down, right about Princeton, where the little school is, we run out of gas.
0: At least you're going downhill.
2: Yeah, right. We're running. and <laughs> Tom is getting nervous. Right, he's going. because um, um, uh, he's real shy. Then you know, before Kathy bought um uh, and we're, we're we're getting down. And we go through this last stop sign to where the gas station And he goes, and he pulls into the gas station. He goes, well, uh, I, uh, I go, I know we're out of gas. What do you want? <laughs> he goes, are you still going to give me the 15 bucks for helping you move? I go, here's 25. Come on, put some gas in. <laughs> he was hammering and hawing like I didn't know we were out of gas. <laughs> we're coasting through stop signs, right? People are honking at us. And he's going, oh, uh, uh, uh,
1: we're at you know, the gas
4: uh, Jimmy 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 oh. I like it like that On this moment of art I walk like, road. Ooh, like a road I go got a dress like how fun Spending my money Take all I got to talk love like that
2: Yeah, I've heard of that guy's
1: recording before.
5: That
4: guy's She said, I snore. But I do she said. I do But
6: I
1: Don't you have bass here, Mike?
4: I was raised in town.
2: I'm fed by your mama. From my hips on down. come down from the mushroom. I was always wondering where I could put that little noodle lick in a, in a song. Uh, a little more noodles off. Mm. That's he's doing that lick from that uh, Play the G, always use the fourth and make the third, go down to the seventh. It always works. Play the fourth before you hit the seventh. Next! So, one time. I'm at the uh, Zero, can you play something that's got a beat? One time at the Zero, in fact, Matt put an edge in and beat it. One time at the uh, Zero, I was playing, playing along with my guitar after a gig with the, uh, with, with the Pigs, and I uh, was playing along with the Zero jukebox, and someone kept, I kept playing all the songs right, and someone said, I bet you can play all those songs right, so he put 50 bucks down. I started playing parts of every song right. He just took his 50 bucks and left. The whole he, he left the building. Like uh, what's that band? Uh, the Alan Parsons Project sounds like the Alan Parsons Project's rehearsing for a part they don't have yet.
6: Travel so,
2: hard. Ooh, Travel so
6: hard.
2: Don't Ooh, wait a long time for the next change, Ooh. wait a long time for the mushrooms. Is this a test to see how many things all break after 10,
1: 15 minutes? He is in the spin cycle Spinning
4: around.
2: His, his, his head stays still, but his finger spins around his
6: Joe on the Echoes.
2: water to make it grow.
1: I feel like I'm on Melrose somewhere. I keep rocking.
5: I'm Peace lost on Melrose. And his t-shirt's still forever. Won't do nothing
2: wrong. can see my brother Matt's got a wide selection of music. that sort of fits his figure. just a little girl. You ever hold another record like this? Wait, Matt. That little woman... Over uh,
0: June 17th, 2006. It's the third hour of the Watford for Pedro show. Show with Carlos, Guitarlos, and something new that you've just uh, am yeah mixing. I wrote that
2: I wrote that the day stop talking when I'm interrupting uh, okay uh, I wrote that the day of the rehearsal the day before we, we recorded
0: actors rehearse we practice
2: shh but but, but don't tell anybody <laughs> yeah well, uh, I wrote about six new songs for this new new record re- mixed by Mark Lynette, it'll be mastered in a couple of days. What's the name of it? Well, uh, the name of the record, they might call it Handsome Wolf.
0: Oh, yeah. You were talking about Gary Leonard's going to get a marquee going. And...
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, this song was written like the day before we recorded it. And, and it's live. The whole record's live. Bass, drum, guitar, live singing, live everything. There's only two overdubs on the whole record. Uh, three if you count the washboard.
0: Yeah. Did you use thimbles on your fingers?
2: No, I just went and bought some spoons. Spoons? Yeah.
0: I've seen dudes use keys.
2: Keys, cymbals, uh, that point on Matt's head, any, almost anything. <laughs> How many tunes? 18 songs. Whoa. About 63, three minutes. I would like to put 30 on on every record and do it every other week, but no one wants to do that.
0: So you're in a record mode.
2: Record, yes. I am in record mode. Compared
0: to the old days when it was just gigs, gigs, now it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you want work? Oh, yeah.
1: Uh,
2: don't ever win an award from the L.A. Weekly. <laughs> All of a sudden, oh we, oh, I, I didn't, we didn't call you back because we thought we couldn't afford you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, that song is called Heartbreaker. Got some cool chords, like these here. So it's a little different uh, on the proof. blues.
0: You're playing D Boone's guitar. Can you no, run? I'm playing
2: my guitar. I don't know what happened to his.
0: <laughs> Do you remember
2: Boone? showing him some stuff? Oh, sure. I, he told I, me I like about, that guy.
0: Yeah, but he told me about you showing him some I, stuff. And I, and, I, and
2: I played him at my first song <laughs> Running Roads. I said, hey, yeah. it sounds like you guys, like playing somewhere.
0: He told me he got some licks off you.
2: So he can trade me this guitar for this. <laughs> that I already own. <laughs> I'm just being nice. Yeah, this is a pretty nice guitar. It's a 125 with a dog ear on it. A, a guitar with a dog ear. Oh, cool. No, it's dog got it. That means so a pickup. Bar. The only thing that's not original are these pegs. Uh, yeah. And these strings, of course. <laughs> and these knobs. Those knobs. Top hats. I have my original knob. Can they see this on the air? <laughs> They're gonna to have to feel it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anybody want to want to lip sync me? What'd you
0: think of his playing? He was a little different. Huh? I liked it. I liked it. You guys. Uh,
2: as I as I described it in your movie. Oh, what's that guy's name who did that movie? Keith. Hey, send me a copy. You line sacking your wave shit. <laughs> I'll send you a copy, Carl. Oh, I'll send you a copy. No, I'll
0: make sure you get it because I got it. My pad.
2: Uh-oh. Okay. I got it. And um so as as I described I liked your guys' son, I described it in the film as what, Matt?
3: Avant garage.
2: Not avant. It isn't a, a nasal spray. <laughs> Jeez, what are you this guy's not even high, that's his problem. Uh, avant Garage instead of Avant Garde, Avant Garage on the cutting edge of that guy's garage. Oh no, which is which described is it really well, I thought.
0: Do you think bigger uh, guys have more tone?
2: I know bass players do. <laughs> no, really. Bass players hit it hit it and they got that meat behind it. You know? You could be a bass player. You could be two bass players, Matt.
1: <laughs> you could have dose.
2: <laughs> you could battle out with Mike and, and Kira all by yourself. <laughs> Stop laughing at him, Matt. I mean uh Why? Mike. Matt what? Is,
0: Matt is what upside down.
2: That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like an asshole to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I like that band, the, the, the Men Men. I'm glad he gave me this guitar here in the future. <laughs> Thank you there in the past.
0: Are you going to tour this record?
2: I hope so. I hope so, yeah. With The trio a book that you, we saw at Liquid Kitty? At the, at, the, at, the, at the Empty Kitty, yeah. Empty Kitty. But it, it wasn't empty. No, it wasn't. It wasn't empty. We get, we get people in there. No. That's why he has us two or three times a, a, a month. And there's no cover. We play a couple times a month at the Liquid Kitty. That's on Pico, a block east of Bundy. Right next to a brand new building that used to be an old, funky place called the Club 88. Club
0: 88, I was going to say. And down the street was Music Machine.
2: Yeah, a block west of Bundy. That's right. Same side of the street. Played many gigs there. If you go to thekitty.com, K-I-T-T-Y, uh, you'll find out about the place. Yeah. Club 88 had strong piss smell. Or you can, go to, or you can go to Carlos <laughs> Guitarlos XCon, I mean .com, and find out about it. What?
0: Club 88 had a strong piss smell in it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it funky?
2: <laughs> Cheap beer. That's probably why. <laughs> 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 One What's night we played there. There's a picture of this in Gary Leonard's book, Make the Music go Bang. Yeah. Oh It was... It was, we were the headliner. Then it was Frank, the folk singer. Remember yeah, her? Yeah, with
0: P.H. Oh, yeah, yeah. P.H.
2: Balance Frank. <laughs> uh, and then it was some Latin band, the friend of the Lobos opening up, a friend of somebody. And there's a line going out around the block. And we made a lot of money that night because it was no ins and outs. I always did that. I said, no ins and outs, uh, Wayne. So everybody wanted to go out and smoke a cigarette. More money to get back in. I was, I was a dog so um, uh, it was so hot in there that those old swamp coolers were blowing out water and Durf got up on stage tried to sing and took a couple of breaths and passed out Durf Scratch yeah
0: have you seen him lately I haven't seen him for years
2: no I, I did a couple, a couple of years ago at the Tangier somewhere oh Hollywood somewhere, somewhere yeah. yeah
0: what was your favorite club to play in the old days
2: well, I like the cafe because I practically live there, but the um, the whiskey or the or the Roxy—they were actual clubs. Good sound. And we used to make money at them and play them a lot. And before this pay-to-play crap.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Mario and Elmer liked us. One time we opened up for Willie Deville, yeah, New the uh, junkie from New York. Maybe he's not doing junk because he's dead, or someone tied him down. But um, and he was. And and so we said, Mario, Elmer, uh, where's our dressing room? Well, you can't have it tonight because they got their friends in one room and they're in the other room. Oh, okay, that's okay, fine. But I'm going to pay you a little bit more, don't worry. You, you can get all your drinks for too. Okay, well, can we get something to eat? Well, all the stuff we made, the kitchen help gets back is in their room. Well, they're not going to eat it. They're all, they're all high. Well, I know, but they, but they want it there in case their other friends come in later that aren't as high. Okay, well, then <laughs> he goes, you know what, fuck it. So we opened the door. We went in, took all their food out, and ate it out in the hall. Left the trays there and everything. So it was kind of funny. I
0: thought. <laughs> we did that with public image. DeBoon ate all. Pubic their image.
2: <laughs> I had my original knob.
0: <laughs>
2: you guys did what? With public image.
0: DeBoon ate all their chow.
2: <laughs> you know what? You remember that guy, filthy Mug, M- filthy McNasty. M- um, he had a club called the Horizon Club, which now is the Viper Room. This yeah, is ni- Central in between. Yeah, the Central too. This is nineteen seventy when I, my brother was playing there in a band called Horizon, one of his other bands was a big horn kind of band. And uh so I kinda knew him for over the years. And so I, I'm working for him. He's starting to have punk shows out at the out at HJ's. I remember that. Ballad. Barty Cross there, he he was part owner of that too. So I'm over there. He goes, Carlos, I want you to, you know everybody, so I want you to come out and work, the, work, and work the door and keep the kids cool. Okay. So nothing was going on. Just a bunch of punk rock kids having fun. But Mike Ness and Chris and some other guys were drinking out in the parking lot. Chris, the drummer who owns the bike. And so, uh, so the manager goes, we're having trouble. We're having big, 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 big trouble. But I saw a cop drive by half an hour ago and and, uh, and, and social distortion is drinking out in the parking lot. I thought, oh, cool. So I went up there, and he goes, "You have to stop him." I go, "Oh no!" I'm thinking, "Oh no!" So I go up there, and I go, "Hey, you, you know, you guys got to stop drinking because this this guy's kind of an asshole, and he's just nervous because it's one of his first punk shows, and you guys have brought in a big crowd, and you know, he's just nervous. You know, he doesn't know it's going to be cool. A couple of chairs maybe be busted. So they so they, they so they smarted off to me. They go,
1: well, "What are you going to do about it, Carlos? Drink all our beer?" And I and I thought. <laughs>
2: That's it the only cool thing I can do is take the beer and drink it all in front of them <laughs> so I, I said yeah I took the beer out of his hand before I could hand him out drank it took the 11 more beers on the on the tall thing, took 11 more beers out of his hand drank them one at a time <laughs> down you know like those guys that can shoot beers you know yeah, yeah. I, I drank I drank 12 beers gave him back the and said get get back and get back inside <laughs> 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 get back inside. And so they thought it was cool. <laughs> so they went inside, there wasn't it wasn't any trouble.
0: Were you good buds with El Duce?
2: Oh sure, Eldon, yeah. Um uh he was the top of his class.
0: Because he hung around the cafe a lot.
2: Did you know he was the top of his class when he when he was in school? Well, like up at
0: Seattle or, Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Pretty pretty
2: pretty smart guy.
0: Yeah. I didn't know he was younger than me. He was like a year well, younger. Isn't isn't everybody Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Even me, <laughs> no. But I knew he was a smart guy because hey. I talk with him. In hey, hey,
2: oh yeah, he, he actually had a, had a had a brain, except for the except for the for the couple of for a couple of months when he was out in front of Playboy Liquor, and he'd tell everybody he was top Jimmy. They'd all buy him drinks. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that Van Halen song. <laughs> drinking out in the parking lot, and then Buddy Buddy Miles just to panhandle money and Ralphs. I'm um, Bronson and Franklin He used to the money to get angel dust. Hi, uh, my my name's El Duce. so he was El duce and El Duce was Jimmy, and Jimmy was drunk. he didn't know any of it yeah El El duce was top he's a pretty 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 smart pretty smart guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I used to be the the uh, the doorman at the zero on nineteen fifty five koenga yeah um before they moved around to 1648 Wilcox and over near Gardner. And by Pink's, eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the last one, yeah. That, uh, Have you seen Polkna lately? Polk, yeah, Polkna, he looks like a wall of salam. He looks like a wall of chorizo. He's a, he's as wide as he is as he used to be tall because he's being pulled down by his weight. <laughs> he is one wall of chorizo. So you seen him recently. He was at the club right after you You left the other time. The oh, day. wow. Yeah, he shows up late. God, Is
0: he still living up in that, that
2: apartment? No, no. He moved out of there, went to England, and then he moved back. Then he moved to Boston or Philadelphia. Then he moved back. Then he moved to New York. Now he's back down there third in Hoover. Charlie, he, he, he lived at the, at the um, 01 on Melrose yeah, yeah. over near Pink's. Now, Pink them. serves a balanced meal. Those hot dogs so long, you have to balance them. Individuals <laughs> unbalanced. There
0: was a club near there called Blackie's. That's how I found out about Pink's. Oh yeah, yeah. You can see how far, how far Pedro is. So. It's, I only knew about Hollywood from the punk days.
1: Yeah, we
2: we uh, we uh, got off the freeway. Well, it ends. Got on Nowhere's Lane. Went all the way down to the end, practically, of Nowhere's Lane. Turn left on, where the hell am I, Bill? And here we are in the middle of nowhere.
0: On the corner, get stabbed and shot. <laughs>
2: I'm not worried about that. I can handle it. All roads lead
0: to Pedro. Yeah, you can't pass through Pedro because the freeway ends here. Yeah. I remember one time this guy comes knocking on my door. He says, I was just passing through. I said, you can't pass through. you got to end up here. How do you pass through, Pedro? <clears throat>
2: So you guys used to be three fat, fat hippies, and you came up to Hollywood, and the rest is boring. It, history. <laughs> His story, not my story. It ain't my story. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> We're going to play another song here from your new record. Okay, let's
0: uh, find it's one. It oh, oh yeah, right. It's it
2: Ain't It Ain't Right. The song is one minute and 49 seconds, only because I lengthened it.
0: <laughs> well, what's the story behind it? The band uh, it's couldn't get to it together? Like, uh, well,
2: I wanted to write... A Ramone-style little Little Richard song. Down to the Now the bass on this is cool. It's that old Willie Dixon trick. Instead of going, it's like rest, rest, like lay out on three. the one. Yeah, you, you lay never out lay out on the one. Yeah, lay out on the one, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, let's it breathe. Okay, here we go. It ain't right. Carlos Guitar. Wait, wait, wait.
2: Make sure you do it right. <laughs> okay.
0: A one, two, three.
4: I went down to the party and the whole place of drummers are tight. I will falling over.
2: That was a song was called, called, uh, called "Save a Dance." Yep. That's a Memphis rock and roll soul song, and it's, and it's like a real one. It's a song I wrote, and um, that's Marcy Levy singing with me and Vince on saxophone.
0: Vince Moroni. Yeah.
2: Uh, I played who, with
0: him, and I had a band called Pair of Pliers and the Crew the Flying Saucer. He played drums for me, and he played uh,
2: sometimes sax. Pair saxophone. of Pliers. I thought it was a couple of knuckleheads. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, yeah, you, you and him, when you go on the road, you go look for the hottest chilies in the world and stick them in your eyes and your nostrils. I can stick one up my ass. I That mean, doesn't bother me. <laughs> you guys are nuts. No burn, no learn. <laughs> no, <laughs> no burn, no brains. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so yeah, and it's a rock and roll soul song, a Memphis one. Yeah. Steve Cropper, you like
0: him?
2: That whole thing, yeah. And that's from that's the record, Hell Can Wait, which has been out for about seven months. I got paid three times in the last two or three weeks from proper records from over in England. So they're right on top of it. Had trouble with Burnside, though. Yeah. They haven't paid off yet, but it was okay. They were worried about Returns. Yeah. And uh, you can go to any, any borders and find it, or uh, anywhere, anywhere in the world and find it. It's called Hell Can Wait.
0: Now, how'd you, re- how'd you record
2: that one? At the same studio, yeah, that, that you recorded at on the first record, mm-hmm. and mixed at the same place, Chris, uh, Chris Landon, no, Chris somebody, the guy that works for uh, Beck, on the road and everybody. Oh yeah, Chris somebody. I know him, Chris. He's out in Panorama City, which is also Valley. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Right Northwest Valley. Right next to San Pedro. Uh, um, yeah, right, and right in the middle of all the freeways. You're driving the, there's no freeways near. And then uh um,
0: from Pedro. But
2: well, there's somewhere in between and these is nowhere. Hollywood. Yeah. And uh so uh it was done in the same place, make the same place, uh a lot of the same guys. I used a different drummer on most of the stuff, but Joey played on it. And um uh that song is called Save a Dance, it's a rock and roll soul song. But a real one, not what they call rhythm and blues now or whatever, you know, everybody's warping like Warbling like a bad Stevie Wonder. like a Stacks. Yeah, Stacks. That's exactly what it is, all the horns. And uh, Gene's playing piano on that. Um, on the next song, called Say you, uh, Love you. Say you Love Me, I wrote that. Well, we were finished putting Gene on, on the record. Organ, piano, one electric piano song, the last one you heard. All acoustic piano, except for that last song. And then organ. So Gene's playing, after about eight or nine hours of. Uh, watching Gene drink and eat and play play songs and telling him what the songs are and showing him a little bit, and then he played them all. After that, we were getting ready to leave. Gene was in the bathroom, and I just said, wait a minute. L- leave all that stuff, Tom, turn the piano mics back on. I plugged him my guitar, and um, I said, Gene, just play a fast one like Big Joe Turner and Pete Johnson duo stuff in the nineteen late 30s and 40s. You know, like 1937, they were at the uh, 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 Spirituals to Swing concert put on by John Hammond Sr., his father's, John Hammond's father. Sure, sure. And so uh, Robert Johnson was supposed to do that, but but he had died. So Pete Pete, Pete Johnson and Big Joe Turner represented the American music as far as Kansas City blues and shouts. So the next song is called Say You Love Me, we made it up right on the spot. I sketched out some words real quick. We made it up on the spot and did it in one take. It's a Kansas City shout. And Gene Taylor, the greatest boogie-woogie piano player in the world, says, and all his friends say that this is uh, the, out of the top two or three boogies he's ever recorded. And he's, you know, he was in the Blasters for years. Yeah. He's been in Canned heat for 13 years. I mean, uh, he's been in uh, the Thunderbirds for 13 years. He was in Canned He's he played with a lot of good people. Sure. R- R- played with Ronnie Hawkins. But he's he from Canada. this
0: boogie-woogie.
2: He digs this one, yeah. And we made it up right on the spot. It's a shouting song, a shouting. It's a shout. A, a,
0: well, here a we big go. Big Joe Turner style. Some big shout, <laughs> not for <B-Roy> Show. <laughs> ¶¶ At hand. So halfway
2: through that, Mark Doten, the, the engineer, who played bass on most of the, the records, along with my friend uh, Bill McBeath from up north, and Mike Hightower played on two songs. But Mark Doughton jumped up and plugged his bass in halfway through. So it was a total improv. Yeah,
3: that's great.
2: Which I like to do. Yeah.
0: Spontaneous. So, new record, maybe get to tour it?
2: I hope so. Yeah, we're going to try and get a booker and sell the damn record instead of pushing it.
0: When's the last time you did a big tour?
2: Last year and the year before, went over to England.
0: Oh, wow. But what about U.S.?
2: Uh, two years ago, went all around the country for a couple of months. With a band? Yeah, yeah. Wow. With uh, Marcy Levy in, in, in the band. She was in the band till March 7th. The woman singing on Save a Dance, the one yeah. that went, uh, I need love, I need love, just like everyone. She's singing with me on that. She was with Clapton for seven, seven years. She wrote Lay Down Sally and a bunch of other hits. She had the fastest rising British single ever called Stay with Shakespeare's Sister in 1992. Uh, she won the Ivor Novello Award too. It's over in Britain. When her and I went to England, because this Straight from the Heart was the Discovery of the Year by the BBC, her and I went to England for a week. We were on the radio three or four times a day on the BBC. We might go back to the same station the next day, but they'd hook us up to a different part of the country. Ah. And then and we did one gig there at the uh, borderline and sold sold it out. And my friend Bill McBeef, who owns the Ivy Room, no, I didn't say Ivy Room, I said Ivy. If up in up in the East Bay, San Francisco uh, in the East Bay, he was on his way to Turkey to close up one of his bars because it was getting to be too much trouble to own a bar there. So he was on his way to Turkey. So he stopped by there, and this drummer named Osmus already lived over there. So he played with me here. So we uh, played the borderline. Sold sold it out. It was good, great. We got a five star review from David Sinclair, one of the few he gave with it. He's like the biggest critic over there in the, L- the London Times, Times of London or something. This spiel is
0: wearing you out, Carlos. You got a gig in an hour.
2: Oh, crap. I have to eat too. In Long Beach. I have to get there.
0: Yeah. Luckily, it's only like eight miles, right across Vincent Thomas and Gerald Desmond Bridges. In between, Terminal Island.
3: Only-
1: to prison. Oh well, federal, but it's
2: minimal
0: minimal security.
2: Okay, I'll I'll be able to to get out.
0: (laughs) Give you some South Bay geography.
2: Yeah. So how often do you guys do this show?
0: uh, Once a week when I'm back, I'm not on tour.
2: Once a week when you're a wetback.
0: You're (laughs) model. You got any ID? That's a heavy issue now. Yeah, it is. It's kind of creepy.
2: It is. Another excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you play another, play another song?
0: Off a of Hell or the new thing?
2: Off a of Hell can wait.
0: Okay, what do you like?
2: You want to hear s- slow one? You want to hear a fast one? Or you want to hear a half-assed some, one? We just heard some boogie-woogie. Okay, play. Is number six, I Found Someone? Yep. Okay, this features Marcy Levy on her own... Verse and verse and her own chorus. Okay, here we go. And then we then we sing the last one to, together. And we and we and this and we and we wrote this song on stage one night. I called out all 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 all, all, all the chords. Whoa. And she made up her verse on stage. Is that that Cozy's? Yeah, it's got a lot of chords. <laughs> okay, here we go. So those guys.
6: Day. Oh yeah.
5: Get oh, yes, up happy. Today. Oh yeah. Yeah, I get up a day. Oh yeah.
2: Marjorie Levy.
0: Alright. Uh that was I found someone from uh Hell Can Wait.
2: We wrote that on album, stage.
0: Written on stage, in the moment. You got a little graffiti here. Peace, heart, note, infinity. Peace,
2: love, music forever.
0: Yeah. Dude. Word. Dude. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Do you know any young people playing nowadays that you like?
2: Uh, well, I don't get out much unless I'm playing. Yeah, I
0: know. I'm kind of like that, too. I'm like what happens square. is kids give me music after the gigs. That's how I know about some stuff that's happening. Not oh. really stuff on MTV or anything, but people making music in their garages and bedrooms.
2: Well, for some reason, musicians don't talk to me after gigs. <laughs> yeah, we ran away, huh?
0: huh? But he, had, he had work the next day early. Yeah, I mean, you were hollering from the hatch, where's your bass? Yeah. You didn't tell me to bring a bass. I didn't know.
2: Well why the fuck would you go somewhere without one? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I thought I Mike got be, What?
0: I got had A bass. It got, got to be spectator mode. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nope. Always have your bass. Um You've been playing with Vince a lot, huh? How many years?
2: About three on and off.
0: Wow. Wow. How'd you meet him? He's actually from Orange County originally. I met
2: him from my friend David Black. Oh. And he had uh, a Dan Petrucci on drums, he had Vince on sax, uh, Mark Doughton on bass, that was his band role, well, he's a guitar player. Yeah, yeah. But the thing was, he was doing about eight or nine of my songs in his set. <laughs> and telling some of my jokes. Oh, man. What an idiot. So, Did you, you just walk I mean, in on that and just huh? saw it? Did you just have, or did you hear about him doing it? Oh, I saw him doing it. You saw it? So I just said, oh, "There's a there's a good band, <laughs> a bunch of smart guys, <laughs>
0: telling your jokes." Damn, what about your stories?
2: Oh, he'd he always say I was picking on him. David did so. He says, "I don't want to play with you anymore." Okay, thank you for the band. <laughs> Clapton's told Marcy's band twice. Wow. Twice, when they were in Oklahoma, she's from De- she's from Detroit. Yeah. Sold her band twice, you know, Oakley and uh, what's it, Carl Radel, Terry somebody, Terry Oaklander. You say dollar. I'll pay you more, huh? He just said I'll pay you more. Well, he needed to do record, but she was under contract the first time to um, Shelter Records. She was living with Leon Russell. She, she was in a shelter just. Under record, under contract to Shelter, so she had eighteen more months. As soon as that was done, she joined the the van too, Clapton van, and wrote a bunch of his songs and stuff like "Lay Down, Sally."
0: Um. Yeah, the sickness that came on you as it it kind of slowed you down a little bit. What did? <clears throat> like the what was it called? Congenital heart.
2: Congestive heart failure. Congestive heart failure. Drugs, alcohol, yeah. right. and so diabetes. And drugs. So there was kind of a change and of, drugs. Uh, huh? Change of lifestyle. Well, no, I just stopped playing in clubs. Played mostly in the streets and could make a lot more money and get a lot more drugs. And um, uh, no, I never stopped playing. No, I'm not saying I, playing. I, ne- I said lifestyle. Well, oh, I guess playing is a lifestyle. Yeah, that's, I don't have a light. What are you talking about? <laughs> who is this guy, man? No, the who, chemical who, thing. Oh well, uh, no, it actually helps. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> made a lot of money playing the streets. I made more money playing no, the streets. No, I'm not talking about the
0: streets. I'm talking about the lifestyle change because of the sickness.
2: Oh, no. Hell no. That didn't slow me down. I can still sing louder than anybody, even though I but can't breathe. But you're
0: not as much Barracho.
2: I don't drink or do any drugs or anything for years now.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was actually before the sickness.
2: I stopped right, right, right before, yeah. I stopped in 2001, right uh-huh. after, right the, the next day after Jimmy's wake. Okay. At the zero one one on Melrose. That was it. I heard three people say, look at Carlos. Carlos is next.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> so you wanted to show them.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm always a pissing somebody off. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best to piss everybody off equally, though. I don't want to leave anybody out. You think you play better? Now? I play better all the time. I know how to play. I like to play. Any song you want to hear, if I don't know it, let me hear it once and I'll play it. We play the the Wizard of Oz song? Oh I like I like that song. You wanna hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. <sighs> yeah, for a while I was on drugs and drinking and playing on the streets, paying thirty-five bucks a day for a room like twelve hundred a month, and I was like, you know, my hair is falling out, my teeth, my nails, I have a goat manicure. And, like, things were getting really, really, really bad. But then I thought, in San Francisco, I'm all by myself. And I go, things could be worse. Carlos, don't worry. Things could be worse. Then I thought to myself, how? Then I thought, you could be Brother Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be just a nothing. My head on full of stuff. My heart's on full of pain. Ouch. With the thoughts I'd be thinking I'd be home And I'd be drinking if I only had a brain I could wallow with hours Like Matt smoking all the flowers Consulting with the rain I would laugh and
4: be merry Maybe even pop a cherry if I only had a brain Well I could tell you why
2: the ocean's near the shore. When you're in Pedro, it's everywhere. I would think of things I've never thought before. And then I'd stop, Pedro Pedro, and stop some more. Well, I have to stop more now. Let's see. Okay, ready? Five, four. Three, three. Uh. <laughs> if I only had. Half of what's left in my brain. Uh, yeah, right Out of tune here.
0: Carlos, uh, young people ask you for advice about music?
2: Yeah. What are you telling me? I got this kid, he's a, my, my younger brother. Someone on his wife's family side, their, their kid lives in Vegas. I met him at Christmas, and he's a bass player, and he really likes Flea, Mr. Michael Balzeri. He likes Flea, and uh, he's learning his songs out of books and on records and stuff, and he asked me to leave a message once, so I did and stuff. And, um, and I just tell him, look, you know, just, just stay clear of trouble. Work your way through other stuff, not just music. Keep your friends that are that are that are true, and uh, just play whenever you can play. Play. There's no excuse not to if you want to. You know, um, learn and learn about scales and modes and chords and where they fit into other stuff that you like. Don't just like the stuff and not know what it's made out of. And so I showed him that o- over the phone. I can teach anybody in one hour. I can teach even Matt. I can teach Matt all the scales, how to build any any chord. All and and all the inversions in one hour, all of them. Every mode, every scale. The key is retaining it. (laughs) No, I can do it on a on a table form.
0: Well, you can, but the guy hearing it.
2: No, I can do it in a rote method. Where they can, I give them a table like like the edge, like like the numbers one through eight. The numbers one through eight across and then down on the outside, the top and then the left. And then that would be C would be the cornerstone. C through C through C on the scale.
5: Right.
2: And then C through C on the scale going down.
5: Right.
2: And then the second one would be D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. That's your second mode. Right. Do, re, mi, paso, la, ti, do, re, mi, paso, la, ti, do, re. And you could go, do, re, mi. And then you could go any direction with it, as long as you're moving this way, and it'll, it'll work. It's like a, it's like a puzzle. You can teach anybody to figure fill it out over and over to to learn it by rote. But I can show them how how to get the form immediately.
0: What about the other side, the rhythm? The rhythm? Can you teach that?
2: I can teach it if they already have an idea of some other songs that they like, sure. And then I place the same type of rhythm in another completely different type of song at a different tempo to show them. How show people how things work.
0: Well, you said you played with some of the mothers. Did you ever do fives and sevens?
2: And- well, when I played with the mothers once, it was the first be in ever at uh, Elysian Park. I mean, near the near the police academy in Elysian Park, not Griffith Park. I, I made a mistake. Not where they had the um, not near the carousel. That was the Lovins. Lovins. About a month later or so. Yeah. And so the uh, the uh, the diggers and my friend Cleo from Green Power, who would hand out food at all these gatherings, and the diggers, I knew a couple of the diggers. I knew a lot of the Rainbow family. And I knew um, my friend Rudy Zamora who lived in Franklin, just east of Western, in a real old nice house. He was putting together shows all the, all the time. He put together the first be-in. He coordinated, you know, these people. And so the mothers are going to back up this guitar player who had a studio on Sunset right near Western in a house. Now it's a beauty supply place. And um, I forgot his name. He was really, really good. And um, he was was from from Dallas. And they weren't ready yet. So he says, Carlos, get up and play two or three songs. So I I get up and I start playing my favorite Robert Johnson song that I heard Clapham do also.
4: I got rambling
2: all on my mind. So I did that, and halfway through, the mothers were got up and played. All of them, Roy and, and uh, what's the guy and his wife, uh, Ian and Ruth Underwood, they got up, and uh, Carl Black. And uh, all those guys got and played behind me. I thought, wow, the mother's not thinking. So I did like three songs. I did three Robert Johnson songs. They
0: and, were like, they were back you.
2: Yeah, well, they were they were on, their stuff was on stage ready, but the, but the one person wasn't ready. So Rudy, who put, it, put the whole show together, the first being, said, Cardinals, get up and play. So I played in front of about maybe 800 people, 1,000. That was kind of fun. I wasn't nervous. First time I played when I was 10, at my grade school or something, uh, I was nervous to, Nervous to the first time. That was it.
0: Only the first time.
2: Oh, that was it.
0: They're all pants shooters for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: Here comes Tina. Tina, put your clothes on.
0: Oh, thank you, Tina. You know... Uh, is there somebody you'd like to play with
2: that you haven't? Yeah, I'd like to play with Stevie Winwood and get, get him back playing straight on. Wow. That guy's good.
0: Oh, yeah. Even when he was a kid,
2: huh? Even when he was with Spencer Davis. That's even what I'm he was, saying. Even with Traffic. Spencer Davis in like and singing. And playing guitar, too. Guitar. Somebody help me
4: now. Somebody help me, yeah. Won't
1: somebody tell... Tell me,
2: tell you what I've done wrong. Remember that song, Somebody Help Me? He was, he was really good. He, or he is.
0: Anyone else?
2: like to play with Tom Jimmy, but he's dead. Yeah, good point. like to jam with D. Boone. but he ain't around
3: modern day cholo song huh modern
2: day cholo song you want to hear a modern day cholo song this is Art Fine's favorite song
0: yeah
2: and like Ray Mandrick's favorite all time rock and roll song is Dance With Your Baby which we heard up the top and um but this is Art Fine's favorite song
4: (laughs) the love I want the love you've got
2: let me tune it Tune it down here. Oh man! Doesn't change tune at the at the proper place. Bridges float. It's a floating bridge, so it's probably in the wrong place. Yeah, it is. You don't have another guitar?
4: The love I want To love you God And for me there could be no other one Yes, I'm away I'll be back someday So then I'll be the only one Time gets so hard, can I cannot love you. I help you love you, try and show the way we can do it forever. Well, if you want me, let me know. It's the love we've got, it's the love we want. And for you there could be no other one. Yes, your way, you'll be back someday. So then I'll be the only one.
2: Short version. That's like a Muscle Shoals or kind of a style, too. It's almost a stacks. but it's a soul song. It's a Chitlin ballad, too. People don't play that kind of music anymore. That's rhythm and blues. Yeah. What they call rhythm and blues now is somebody else trying to sing like Stevie Wonder.
0: What did you think of Jimi Hendrix?
2: I saw him play once, twice, actually. Yeah, it was that I saw him at the Monterey Pop Festival, and I saw him at Marshall's Club. Marshall used to... Marshall was like Janet Cunningham. It was in the 80s. In the 60s and 70s, Marshall, I forgot his name, the last name, who's always down at Venice Beach walking. He's a little, he's a little bit older now. Marshall would get all the all the long-haired uh, hippies and rockers into, into movies the way Janet Cunningham did over at Cash. So... Um, uh, he had a club with uh, Rodney. It became Rodney's disco. disco. But before that, it was Marshall's something on the club. And Hendrix was in there on the weekend. That Iron Butterfly and the in the in the blues image. They were switching guitar players. So the rhythm sections were there in different formations, jamming the whole weekend. There were no bands. were just them jamming the whole weekend. You know to like form into the other you know, switching guitar players over. Like a metamorphosis. So that's the way they did it. Then it wasn't like, "Oh, have my lawyer call your lawyer" or some crap, you know. <laughs> or, "Oh, meet me in Pedro." Pedro. Pedro, over at Pedro's house in in Pedro. So, um, so they were jamming the whole weekend at this club, and the bathroom door was a very small door, and I had to lean into it a little bit. And as I lean into it, I'm looking around the side to make sure I don't bump into it. It's very narrow. And I bump right into Hendrix. He's he's coming out of the bathroom.
1: I go, "Hey, Jimmy, how you doing?" And he goes, "Hey."
2: So I go in the bathroom, and then uh, he talked like that. Look around for the drugs that he might have left. No, and then when I came out, he had gotten up on stage and jammed. So I I saw him twice. That was kind of cool. You he was, smoking? He was he was good. Yeah, I like this stuff.
1: With, uh,
0: Isley Brothers?
2: Yeah, and he, but he played with uh, Little Richard and he played with, uh, what's the guy who did uh, Soul Twist on Sam Cooke's angle? Sam Cooke? No, he, Sam Cook said in a record, play that one called Soul Twist yeah. on the radio. It was King, King, Curtis. Curtis. King Curtis. King Curtis. who was a contractor, soloist, or arranger on 9 out of 10 of the Atlantic sessions. Whoa. So So, uh, you know, ch- chitlin music is this it's always a low riff. <coughs> And Hendrix did that stuff a lot Here's the number one Chitlin lick And the number one Chitlin rhythm yeah. Which they stole to make um, funky town. Soul music out of like a uh, Mustang Take Sally. Down and to stuff. Funky yeah, yeah, Mustang Sally and all that stuff. But or shotgun, Hendrix,
0: it's kinda like shotgun.
2: Hendrix played with all the people. Junior Rocket. The the king of the Chitlin circuit was Ike Turner.
0: Who also had cool the first guitar, rhythm guitar.
2: Who also had the first rock and roll record with all the correct elements. The stuff he did for Jimmy Breslin on Rocket eighty eight.
0: Well you know we're out of time. It's been my Baby, baby, honor to have
2: baby, you oh, I know that song. Out of time. Yeah. Really,
0: Carlos, nope. thank you much for coming aboard and visiting me and Brother Matt here in Pedro.
2: When do I get paid, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> so, so good luck at the gig tonight. You want to go down to the Viento de Agua? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's the address there?
5: 4007 East
2: 4th Street. What is it?
5: 4007. <laughs>
2: 4007 East 4th Street. Okay. And that's at. Long Beach California. Long and that's Beach, at the corner of.
0: 4th and Terminal. 4th
2: and Terminal. And terminal.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, come on down. It's free. It's
0: the day after Bloomsday, June 17, 2006, edition of the Wad from Pedro Show. Thank you again. Truly. Safe seas. And keep being creative and plucking, picking.
2: You can go to my website, Carlos Catalos x
0: <laughs> Keep your powder dry.